This podcast is sponsored by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. GoMoto now has three new kiosks that allow customers to check in online and in-store, drop off and pick up keys, and interact in both English and Spanish. Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. I'm Kellen Walker with Automotive News. On today's show, Porsche is going public. Tesla could cut battery costs big time. And the West exit from Russia is opening opportunities for others. Plus, a look at the history and future of the skateboard chassis, which has revolutionized EV design. Automobiles, since the start of the industry have been made one of two ways. You had body on frame or you had unibody. We don't see a lot of changes in the basic architecture of vehicles. And so here comes the skateboard. That's a completely different idea. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Porsche's IPO was coming. Market doubts be damned. Parent company Volkswagen Group has triggered the brand's long-awaited public offering. It could become one of the world's largest stock listings. That's despite record inflation and a Russia-EU energy standoff that has sent European stocks tumbling. VW published a so-called intention to float for an IPO later this month or earlier next month, but added that the listing was, quote, subject to further capital market developments. Sources told Reuters that VW may extend the four-week period for buyers to express interest. It could also pull its plans altogether if investors don't show enough enthusiasm to make the move worthwhile. Tesla could cut $5,500 from Model Y battery costs. That's according to 12 experts close to Tesla or familiar with its new battery technology who spoke with Reuters. They say by using bigger cells and a new process to dry coat electrodes, Tesla could save more than 8% of the car's U.S. starting price. That's good news for Elon Musk's goal of selling the most Teslas possible by 2030. But here's the bad news. Even that price reduction would only get the EV maker halfway there. The dry coating technique is so new that it's not ready for mass production. Still, the gains Tesla has already made in cutting battery production costs in the past two years could help boost profits and extend its lead over most EV rivals. Russia's largest automaker increased its share of the local market last month despite failing to overcome a decline in annual sales. Ovtovaz resumed production in June after almost all automakers working in Russia halted following the country's invasion of Ukraine. It boosted market share of its Lada brand to over 43% in August from 17.5% a year earlier. It sold just over 18,000 units in total. Chinese companies also took advantage of the exodus of Western companies. China's Great Wall boosted sales of its Havel brand by 26% and increased its overall market share to 7.5%. That's compared to just over 2% the previous year. But here's some important context. August light vehicle sales in Russia declined 62% compared to last August. And Maserati released some new details about its first full electric coupe that might make your heart race a little bit just hearing about it. 
The Stellantis premium brand released performance specs for its new Gran Turismo Fulgora in a video posted to its YouTube channel. Wow. What's uh, zero to 60? What does this thing do? It's 2.6. And then top speed on this? The top speed is more than 200 miles per hour, so it's really, really fast. That was the voice of Maserati Chief Communications Officer Maria Conti telling comedian Sebastian Maniscalco that the Fogora goes 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds and over 200 miles per hour. It goes 0 to 100 in just 2.7 seconds. The EV version of the new Gran Turismo will launch next year. The Gran Turismo Fogora is expected to feature a battery pack with more than 100 kilowatt hours of capacity. In the video, Conti says it will only take 10 minutes to charge the battery, enough to get 100 miles of range. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, we'll get an in-depth look at how the skateboard chassis has changed everything about EV design. That's next on Daily Drive. Picture your service drive on a busy morning. There's a line of customers waiting to drop off their keys and check in at the counter. Every advisor is busy with simple tasks. Two are typing customer concerns into the computer to get a repair order created. Two are trying to find an appointment the customer swears they created online. And another is looking for a customer's keys who didn't come in to pick up their vehicle the night before. It's a chaotic and unproductive scene, and you know you're probably losing money by not offering standard upsells with every write-up and frustrating customers with long wait times. Now imagine that same morning, but with customers checking in themselves in about two minutes. Your advisors are still busy, but they are busy selling. There are no more lines, no more wasted time, and no more frustration. GoMoto kiosks free up your advisors to focus on high-impact, customer-facing, profit-oriented work that improves and speeds up the process. And with three new kiosks, online check-in, and Spanish language support, you can now serve more customers in more ways with a process that fits their needs. Visit GoMoto.com, that's G-O-M-O-T-O.com, to explore all the ways kiosks can increase profit, efficiency, and overall operations in your service drive. Welcome back to Daily Drive, I'm Kellen Walker. Just about every EV announcement we've seen recently has something in common, model after model, is utilizing a relatively new platform that has revolutionized the way vehicles are designed and built. On the front page of our new print edition of Automotive News, we take a deep look at the history and purpose of the skateboard chassis. That story comes to you from our technology and engineering reporter, Richard Truitt. Our own Jamie Butters spoke with Richard about his reporting on the skateboard and why it's such an important development in automotive history. Here's their conversation. Richard Truitt, welcome back to Daily Drive. Great to be here. Thanks. You have a fascinating package on the front page of this week's automotive news, uh, looking at the skateboard. Do you consider it more of a, a chassis or a platform? Are those the same things? Uh, they're the same things, but the skateboard differs in that the fuel that used to be in the big old tank is now spread out below you. <laughs> and the electronics and things are, are now part of the structure of the car, not just bolted on items. So what inspired you to take this deep dive look 
at the at the skateboard. You know, we had a former editor here who used to put this one idea in my head. Whenever something changes, ask about it. What's changing? <laughs> What's causing the change? And when you think about it, automobiles, since the start of the industry, have been made one of two ways. You had body on frame or you had, starting in the late 50s, unibody. We don't see a lot of changes in the basic architecture of vehicles. And so here comes the skateboard. That's a completely different idea. Every announcement that we've seen from automakers on EVs, they're using the skateboard. So we're starting to see a new architecture creep in. I thought, you know what? We really need to take a look at how that came about and what, what it entails and why automakers are going there. With so many of the new models that every company is planning being EVs, being on skateboards, yeah, it's like we, we really need to, <laughs> needed to look at that. So what makes it a superior platform? Why does it work for these Explain a little. Why, why, is that, why is this third way emerging? Well, if you take a look at the battery pack itself, it's a big piece, right? You can't just put it in the trunk or you don't have any trunk room. It's not practical for a vehicle designed for an internal combustion engine. And also, the way the layout is, the battery pack is below the floor and it's very low. So that weight helps lower the center of gravity, which helps handling and steering and, and makes the car drive better. It just... Makes a lot of sense when you look at it. And, and in a way that you couldn't have done 20 years ago, you can't do that with an engine. <laughs> no, you can't. No, no, you can't. And um, if we take a look at some of the EVs that were tried in the 90s and early 2000s, Ford did an electric Ranger, GM did an S10, Toyota tried a RAV4. They were regular vehicles that they tried to stuff an electric powertrain in, and they might have put the batteries under the rear seat or in the trunk. You know, it drove reasonably well, but the range was like 50, 75, maybe 100 miles. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, if you look at the electric Mini Cooper today, it's kind of like a throwback to that. Its range is 100 miles, maybe. Mm -hmm. Not really practical. Uh, so this platform combined with the powertrain technology, whether it's using batteries or using a fuel cell as the original skateboard was conceived, it also gives the designers a lot more leeway, doesn't it? I talked to Mike Simcoe, who's the vice president of design at GM, and we, we were at the Woodward Dream Cruise looking at standing in a field of old cars, and we were talking <laughs> about the future. And he, they designers love the skateboard because none of the things that protrude up from the chassis basically dictates design. It's a flat. Think of a skateboard like a kid would have. It's You can build on that, right? Mike was you could telling, build a Lego house on yeah, top of a you skateboard. Yeah, you absolutely could. Yeah. You can, he said you can do the, the long vehicle, tall vehicles, and things like door hinges and the cowl and, and packaging for the motor and transmission. You don't have to worry about it. So they've got a lot more freedom. And if you look at, say, the Lucid Air or the Genesis GV60, look at underneath the console. There's like, used to be connected to the transmission tunnel. Now it's an empty space where you can, women can put their purses and you can put stuff all over the place. The Rivian pickup truck's got this um, access door behind the, the two rear doors that goes the length of the frame. You can put your <laughs> skis in there. And a regular truck, there'd be a fuel tank there or a transmission transfer case or something. You're reported also that having this technology, having this platform has made it easier for EV startups, easier for new companies to get into the game. Ex explain how that works. If you were to build a ground up vehicle say, I'm trying to think of a, a company like that tried it, DeLorean or Brickman or somebody in the traditional way, you have to have a lot of design work, a lot of product development, a lot of, um, 
I guess, manufacturing capability to build a complete unibody car, right? Mm-hmm. And a skateboard chassis takes a lot of that out because you can build in two pieces. You can build your skateboard and you can build the body on top of it. And I, the integration is easier. The packaging is easier. There's far fewer moving parts. It, it levels the playing field a bit. Does it also make it easier to maybe, I don't want to say outsource necessarily, but those that work with partners, uh, you know, like a Magna, a Fisker, Fisker Magna yeah, sure, type yeah. deal because, you know, it's just easier to provide. And then anybody, a designer like Henrik Fisker can put their thing on top and you figure out your marginal costs and try to get into business. I think that's a fair observation. Sure. So you mentioned uh, the importance of the the designers and the engineers and, and all the, the science. And even I think the engineering in some of these auto cases are almost like a form of design. Who gets credit? for creating the skateboard concept? Boy, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> if you do a little bit of Googling, you'll find a lot, several people's names attached to being the father of the skateboard. But, you know, if we look back to where it, the idea came from, GM's former chairman, Rick Wagner, talked to the chief of uh, R&D at the time, Larry Burns, and sort of challenged him to reinvent the automobile as if... We were doing it today, and there was no legacy stuff going on there. So Clean slate. Clean slate. Like, based on the technology and what we know that internal combustion engines do to the environment, try to invent the automobile with a clean slate. And I talked to Larry at length about how it came about, and he sort of explained that Rick issued a challenge, and then Larry took that idea to his, his team. It, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely, rarely does one engineer make something that goes from his head to production without, you know, the engineers and the suspension guys and the designers and the powertrain people not having their ideas in. So it doesn't happen that way. And it didn't happen that way with the skateboard either. The truth is even, even Lee Iacocca didn't really invent the Mustang. No. He had a lot of help with that. No, but, <laughs> but you know, you could look at it like this. Every orchestra has a conductor, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of keeps everybody in line and dictates the direction and whatnot. So in that sense, maybe, maybe... Rick Wagner and Larry Burns and Chris Baroni Bird are the fathers of the skateboard. If you wanted to attach names to it, well, I think you know, like they say, uh, you know, success has many fathers and failure has none. <laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting the reporting that you brought out about Rick Wagner because his reputation and his legacy took such a beating as he made a lot of money, tens of millions of dollars, as GM was careening into bankruptcy, and I think people often disparage him like, oh, this guy was terrible. Well, he he has some moments, right? He 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 was a proven leader and and could set some some goals for people, you know, as he was working. He wasn't chairman yet. I mean in two thousand. He, he was he CEO already? He was he was named CEO in nineteen ninety eight, but he didn't take over until two thousand. So there was he he was the heir apparent. Right, right. Yep. No, but that's uh it was it's a great anecdote of leadership. Yep. Um, you know, because he didn't know. He's he's not going to know. He was a finance guy. He's not going to know what the car of the future needs to be, but challenge his team and and let him run with it. You know, it's, in a way, it's kind of ironic. They they developed a skateboard, but actually, they didn't. GM actually didn't make the first one until I think 2016, and other companies sort of ran with the idea and have modified it and and moved it along. And now GM is coming out with a bunch of them. So, so, so say who who did bring out the skateboard first. I believe we can say the production vehicle would be the Nissan Leaf. 
Mm-hmm. And then Tesla right after that in 2012, 2010 Nissan Leaf, and then 2012 Tesla Model S. One at the low end, one at the high end. Yep. All right. Well, Richard, thank you so much for your reporting, and thanks for joining us today on Daily Drive. All right. Great to be here. Richard Truitt covers technology and engineering for Automotive News. You can find his story about the skateboard on the front page of our latest print edition or on autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on technology, market news, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about Cruz's rocky rollout in San Francisco and why at least one autonomous vehicle expert is blasting the company's public comments about it. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.